Hello, and welcome to Church at the Bridge. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. Today is week six of our current series, Frequency, and Brother Stephen Reinhardt preaches a message entitled, God's Voice Speaking Through You. And I got better news for you. It's not my word. All right? So, so we're going to get started because they cut into my time here. So... <laughs> I'm going to get right into it. So the past several weeks we've been uh, talking about a series, Pastor Lee's been talking about, entitled Frequency. And Pastor Lee's been talking about hearing God's voice and what that means in the lives that we live. Well, just a quick, quick recap. Uh, we learned that God has made himself clearly seen in the world around us and so that people will have no excuse for not finding him. The evidence of him is abundant for the person who is looking and that as Christians, we hear from God through the spirit of God that lives in us. So we can hear the voice of God and depend on it. We saw the importance of valuing God's word above everything else in our lives. And that we are stewards of God's spoken word. But when we're not good stewards, that's when life goes wrong. And last week we learned that we can recognize the voice of God by becoming familiar with him through relationship, a relationship that produces fruit that lasts, which brings us to this week's message, which is because you can hear from God, you can speak for God. If I said to you that the pastors of the church are not the only ones God wants to use to minister to his people, I think most of you would agree. But if I asked you who else do you think God would like to use would you think of yourself? Or would you look around the room and try to find someone who you think is a little more prominent in the church or a little more holier than you are? Well, you can stop looking around. It's you. Because you can hear from God, you can speak for God. Or if that's a little scary, look at it this way. Because you can hear from God, God can use you. It's really the same thing. It's funny how we say things differently. We feel better we say it this way, but it's scary this way. All right. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about God's voice speaking through you. So I start off with a question. And here's a question I need a response to. What's the first thing you think of, th- think about when I ask you, what do you think of when you hear, what is God's voice speaking through you? What's the first thing you think about? Is God's voice speaking through you? What, what comes to mind? Quick. The word, love. Well, you guys aren't working out here. Okay, first thing that came to my mind, we'll just skip that whole thing because it didn't work out, is prophecy. I think God speaks. Yeah, so why didn't you say that? You're right. So I think of prophecy. When Pastor Jose asked me to do this message, I thought, oh, that's a message about prophecy. But it was really more like this. Ooh, he wants me to talk about prophecy. I don't know if it came across that way or not, but that was in my mind. Well, I got good news for you and for me as well. Uh, Uh, Good news for me and for you as well, since you have to listen to me, this is not a message specifically about prophecy. The Lord showed me that there is so much more than prophecy itself. However, since the Holy Spirit had Paul explain explain this to them, and they are an important part of this topic, although not my focus, I'm going to start with the gifts of the Spirit and give a quick description of what they are and how they work. So if we go to 1 Corinthians, in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing here about what we call today the gifts of the Spirit. And we're just going to read through this. I'll give you just a brief description. If you're familiar with this, then fine. If not, you can look into it a little farther yourself. 
There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. Uh, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So looking at this briefly, uh, the first thing is we look at that last verse, verse 11. Uh, it tells us where these gifts come from and how they're distributed. And it tells us that they, are, they come from and are distributed through the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit of God. Simple as that. He's the one who gives them. He's the one who decides who's going to get them. All right? And if we go up to verse 7, it tells us why the gifts are given in the first place. And it says, so we can help each other. Period. That's why the gifts are given. They're given so we can help each other. So we can build up, so we can edify and encourage other believers and to witness to unbelievers. That's why the gifts are given. So now out of the nine, there's nine spiritual gifts that Paul writes about here. Uh, there's three of them that directly connect to hearing from God. And the first one we find is in verse 8, and it's the ability to give wise advice, or the translation might say a word of wisdom. This gift enables a person to look at an existing situation and give counsel directly from the Spirit of God. So there are times the Spirit of God will tell you something or let you know something that he wants to tell another person, and he wants to direct another person through you. Now, obviously, God can speak to each person's heart, each Christian's heart in himself. But sometimes, you know what? Sometimes we need that physical kind of uh, connection or whatever to give us the boost. And God knows when that is. I always picture like one pastor to another giving advice, but counsel. That's not his own good idea, but something that the Lord gave him directly. So the next one is also in verse 8. It's a message of special knowledge or a word of knowledge. This gift enables a person to know something about another person or situation that they would otherwise have no way of knowing. So God, and I've seen several, several uh, occasions of this, where God would give a word to somebody about somebody else, something that they would have no way of knowing, and they would tell that person what it is, and I think what that's mostly used for is to get people's attention. Usually when there's a word of knowledge, there's something that follows it, because if somebody tells me something that I never told a single soul, and they come out and they tell me the truth about myself, I'm going to listen to this guy. So I'm going to see what's going to come next. So usually there's something that comes after that. And the third one is in verse 10, is the ability to prophesy. Now, to put it very simply, prophecy is a message directly from God to his people through another person. It is for the purpose of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting them. In the Old Testament, that's all there was was prophets. God didn't speak to individual people. He only spoke through the prophet. And so if you wanted to communicate through them, it was through the prophet. That's it. So it was all prophecy. Now... Prophecy is still a very real thing, but we have the word of God now. So they didn't have that back then. So we have God's word to us, which guides us, which is alive and directs us from day to day that we can go to all the time. So is prophecy real? Yes, it is. But we maybe not as prevalent, if that's the right word, prevalent, thank you, as, as it was back then, because we have God's word. 
written directly to us. So in verse 10, it also speaks about the ability to speak in unknown languages or various kinds of tongues. And this is more about talking to God than hearing from God. It's praying to God or praising God through the Spirit with utterances that are indiscernible by the human mind. But this is generally like a private thing or a personal thing. And when it is done in the presence of the church, the last spiritual gift, which is the ability to interpret what is being said, should always be present. All right? So I could go on about this a little bit more, but in order to keep from kind of mucking this stuff up with my own thoughts and things, I'm going to let Paul wrap this whole section up for me. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, beginning in verse 1. He says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So Paul starts off by saying, the thing that we should strive for the most is love. That's what we should strive for the most. But the special ability the Spirit gives should be something that we desire to have. And then he goes on to explain why he prefers prophecy over tongues. And it's as simple as this. It's a matter of numbers. He says, if you prophesy, everyone gets it all the time. If, you're, if you give a message in tongues, unless there's interpretation, you are the one that benefits. Your spirit benefits, but not other people. So um, that's basically his explanation of it. And these gifts today, they're active, like I said. Um, we could go on and speak about them for hours. But like I said, it's not the focus of what the Lord put on my heart. So I'm going I'm to move on from here. But if you, wanted, if you wanted to look up to this, look into this and learn more about it, if you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians and you read chapters 12, 13, and 14, uh, if you don't know anything about this, you want to learn, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit and how they relate to the church and the body and stuff like that. So we're going to move on now. Before I move on, I just want to say that what I'm going to say now is not totally separate from the gifts of the Spirit. They intermingle. Everything kind of comes together and how one, how one of those actual gifts manifests itself in, in a relationship to what I'm going to say takes place, I don't know. But they're all kind of together there because it's still the same spirit. So we're going to talk about God's voice can speak through you because you can hear him. The reason God's voice can speak through you is based on the fact that as a Christian, you are able to hear God's voice in the first place. I know that that Christians hearing God's voice has been covered previously, but since it's the basis for this entire series, I think we're just going to talk about it a little bit more here. Plus, the Lord showed me some really cool things. So, in week one of this series, Pastors, they started uh, with a message which I believe was titled, uh, Tuning into God's Voice. And one of the scriptures they used was John 10, 4, the second half of John 10, 4. And this is where Jesus is talking about him being the good shepherd and leading his sheep. And he goes on to say this. He, meaning the good shepherd, goes ahead of them, meaning his sheep. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. All right? And that sounds we understandable, very understandable. But my question is, how do they know his voice? The short answer is they hear him and know his voice because they have the spirit of God living on the inside of them. But how does that work? As Pastor Jose would say, I'm glad you asked. So there's a phrase 
that Jesus uses several times in the Bible. And one of the places is in Matthew, in the 11th chapter, and he just got done explaining all to the people who John the Baptist was. John the Baptist's disciples came. John was just put in prison, and his disciples came and said, hey, go, go ask him. Is he really the one? And Jesus said, go back and show John. Tell John. Look what you see, what happened. So then he goes on to explain who John was. And at the end, he, he makes a statement in the 15th uh, verse of chapter 11. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, I'm going to tell you that that phrase is a prophetic phrase. At that time, Jesus' disciples did not have ears to hear. But they would be, uh, but there would be a time coming soon when they would. And I'm going to explain to you why I say this. Jesus lived in, in a unique situation. He lived in a time of the Old Testament, but he taught the New Testament like it was happening then and there. If you open up your Bible and you come to, you go to the Old Testament, your Bible will say New Testament. It's right at the beginning of Matthew. They say, oh, I'm in the New Testament. You're really not in the New Testament. Jesus lived in the Old Testament. He lived under the law. He actually lived perfectly under the law, or otherwise he couldn't have been who he was. But he taught his disciples as though they were living under the dispensation of grace and what the New Testament was going to be. I'm sure he did that just because he knew the time was coming. When he wasn't there, he wanted just to take right off in there. But the fact is, they didn't. They didn't live in the New Testament at that time. His disciples wanted to hear. They heard him speaking. They had ears that heard, but they didn't have ears to hear. But they only had their human minds to decipher the meaning of what Jesus was saying. And even when they were given a glimpse, and they were given glimpses sometimes. There was one time, you, were, you recall, when uh, Jesus was disciples, and he said to them, hey, who do people say that I am? And they give him all the thing, different things that people say, and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Jesus says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of John. He said, because man didn't give this to you, but it's revealed to you by my Father in heaven. So there were times when things were absolutely revealed by God to individuals. Although if you go like two verses later, Jesus is talking about someplace else. He's got to go. And Peter says, no, you ain't going to do that. And Jesus says, gets behind me, Satan, because you've got, got the same thing in mind that God does. So even when they did get a glimpse, you know, they went back to the human thinking and the human reasoning, they, human reasoning and they got things kind of messed up pretty quick. And the evidence shows that even at the very end of his ministry, when Jesus had been with them for three years, they didn't get it. In the 14th chapter of John, when he's giving his last instructions to them before he's ready to go to the cross, he says, you guys know where I'm going. You know how to get there. And they say, we don't know. We don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. They still didn't know. But then Jesus goes on to say this in the 16th chapter of John. In verse 12, he says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. If you look up that word bear, Another word for that is also receive. You cannot receive it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. He'll bring you glory by telling you whatever he receives from me, from him. I've been speaking to you this whole time. He's going to receive from me. He's going to tell it to you. A few chapters before that, Jesus said this. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So the time was coming when all the things that Jesus said were going to be reinforced. And this time, it's going to be different. A time was coming when there would be a change in the relationship between people and the Holy Spirit. Jesus explained it this way. He said, now the Holy Spirit lives with you, but later he will live in you. 
On the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, their eyes were opened, or should I say their ears were opened, and things were different. They went from being people who were hiding in fear to preaching to the multitudes. And how did that happen? Because the Spirit of God revealed to them all the things that Jesus had said to them. Their ears were open. They had ears to hear, and they heard through the Holy Spirit what all that really meant. And they were totally emboldened because they realized what Jesus was saying to them the whole time. So, um, because as a believer, the Spirit of God lives in you, have no doubt. You have ears to hear. I was listening to the radio station a couple weeks back, or a little more than a month back, and I heard this little thing about doubt, and I'll share it with you because I like object lessons and things and visuals because they help me, so this might help you. So what they, what they gave was a little, a little uh, visual thing on doubt, and they talked about a, a married couple that was married not too long. So they were coming to their first Thanksgiving, and the wife says to the husband, I want to cook you a Thanksgiving dinner. She says, but here's the problem. I never made a turkey before. I don't know how to do it at all. I have no idea how it's going to come out. So here's what I propose. I'm going to go in. I'm going to try to cook a turkey. If it comes out as golden brown and moist and delicious, we're going to sit down and have a great Thanksgiving dinner. If I burn it or it's all dried out, I'm going to come out. We're going to go out the front door. We're going to go to a nice restaurant, get a nice meal to eat, and we'll never speak of this again. So the husband says, good plan. Let's go for that. So he's probably watching football, what most things do on Thanksgiving Day. But she's in the kitchen cooking and preparing. So hours later, she comes out. She has a beautiful Thanksgiving turkey, and she sits on the table, and she turns, and she sees her husband standing by the front door. <laughs> so here's what came to my mind. Here's the question I'll ask you. If you. When you ask God for something, or he tells you something in his word, pro some promise he has for you in his word, or he reveals something to you through his spirit, do you go and stand by the front door? Do you come up with a plan B right away because you're not sure if God's going to come through? That convicted me terribly because I could think of all the times that I did that. So on this one, have no doubt. All right? And you can use that. You, that will come to your mind when things, when the Lord's speaking to you. You say, oh, wait, I don't want to go stand by the front door. <laughs> all right? So you have ears to hear, but you still must make an effort to hear. There are lots of Christians out there who have the ability to hear, but they're not listening. So that's why we're able to receive, but there's more to it than that. When I was studying for this message, God showed me something that still amazes me every time I read it. It's a simple little thing, but it opened my eyes to the understanding of why we are able to hear from God. And I hope it does for you as well. I was reading, I had said before that, John, that uh, Pastor Jose was in uh, John chapter 10. Verse 4. And I just continued to read that in preparation for this. And I came to verse 22. And I started reading here. And this is what it says. At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you. And you do not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Jesus told them. They heard his words, but they did not have ears to hear. They had ears that heard, but they did not have ears to hear. So they didn't understand what he was telling them. They didn't receive it. 
And then I went on to read this in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And when I read that, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That word, I know them, stuck out to me. Let me encourage you. When you're reading God's word, and you come to a word, and it stands out to you, don't read past it. Look at it. Study it. Pray about it. Meditate about it. God is trying to show you something. Don't let that go. So I was sitting here, and I looked at that word. I didn't understand why. Because God knew them, they followed him. How would that make them follow? Just because he has knowledge of them. He knows them. So I looked up. I was in, happened to be in the living room. I had no electronics device to me whatsoever. I looked up next to my fireplace on the bookshelf was the old Strong's. I mean, you know, we just go to electronics and pull up the Strong's now. So I actually picked it up and actually blew the dust off the top. And it, my wife's not here, but I don't, it, but it was sitting there for a while. Anyway, so I look up that word no, and it says it's the word, it's pronounced genosco, if I'm saying it right, I don't have phonetics on this, but, uh, which doesn't matter to me because it's all Greek to me. So what it means is it means it's, it's a prolonged form of a primary verb to know in a great variety of applications and with many implications. So it just means it's a word that's used in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. That's what it means. And then I looked at the definition to try to find what definition could possibly make sense to me in this word. I know them, so they follow me. So I look at the definitions. To allow, to be aware of, to feel, to have known or have knowledge of. I'm like, okay, so I understand this to know thing, but I'm not getting it. To perceive, to be resolved, and then it came to this next one. And it said, can speak. Can speak. Jesus says, I can speak to them, and they follow me. He says, I'm able to speak to them. He's saying, there's a connection between me and them. There's a highway or a road. There's something that comes from me to them that I am able to. See the Jews that before that he was talking to? He wasn't able to speak to them. They heard his voice, but he was not able to transfer what, the meaning of what he was saying to them, and they didn't receive it. So we receive from God because he can speak to us. He does, and we have ears to hear. All right, so I just got a signal. He said I got 10 minutes left. I don't know how this is going to work, so I'm going to talk really fast. So as a believer, God can speak to you, and you have ears to hear. So God can speak to you, but why does God want to speak through you? Beyond belief in Jesus Christ, the main focus of a Christian's life is love. Love for God and love for each other. In Matthew 22, it says this. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Don't you like when they try to trap Jesus? That's always so much fun. Jesus, which, Jesus, which is the most, or I'm sorry, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. A little bit later, we're going to look at that second, why that second commandment is equally as important. So God wants us to love each other, period. What better way can there be to show love for someone than to share with them what God wants to say to them? Pastor say, said it before. She said this morning, she said, you know, when you love someone, you want to do the best for them? You want to do the best for them. What God has for them is better than anything you got for them, trust me. All right, you can buy them a house, and that's not as good as what God's got for them. All right? So God also wants, he wants to show his love for others through us. 
In 1 John 4.12, it says this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. As Christians, through the Holy Spirit, God lives in us so his love can be expressed through us. He wants to share himself through us. We are God's hands and feet on this planet. God is going to move more through people than by any other means. God wants to speak through you so you can share his love with others. That's the way he's done it in the past, and that's the way he's going to continue to do it. If you want the verses in the Bible that are examples of God using other people, you can write these down. I'll give them to you real quick. It's Genesis 1, verse 1, through Revelation 22, verse 21. There's not a single verse in the Bible that God is, writes down that he didn't use someone in some way to convey it. If by no other means they penned it, they penned it, all right? So God uses people all the time. And God will usually speak to unbelievers who don't hear him for themselves. Now, they don't hear God's instruction because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit is drawing on their hearts. The Bible says that's the Holy Spirit's job, constantly drawing on their hearts because the, the Bible tells us that God is not willing that anybody should perish, but that all that comes to the knowledge of Christ. So don't think that they're out there. They just don't hear God's voice directly. They, they have to draw the Spirit, but they don't hear his voice, but they can hear it through you. God will put things on your heart for others. In the, in the 10th chapter of Acts, the entire chapter is about an encounter between a man named Cornelius and Peter. And Cornelius wasn't a Christian. He was a Roman centurion. And the Bible says that he feared God, and he gave generously to the poor. Translation, he loved God, he loved other people. And God sent an angel to him to say, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing. I want you to go send for Peter. He's going to have a message for you. So they send, he sends his men to, to Joppa. Now, Peter's over there. It's like 40 miles away or so. I looked it up. And it took a couple days for him to get there. And Peter's on a roof just before lunch. He's hungry, they said. They're making his lunch for him. And he gets a vision. And in this vision, a sheet comes down by the four corners. And there's all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles on it. And the, and the voice in the vision says, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. And Peter says, no, Lord. He says, I have never uh, touched anything that was unclean. And, and there's another thing in there. I forget what it is. And the voice says, Never call anything unclean that I have called clean. And Peter didn't understand what this was. And he gets the vision a few more times, and the sheep pulls pulled back up to heaven. Right after that, the people appear at his front door. God's timing is always impeccable. And the Lord tells him, there's people down there. Go with them. They're, it's okay. I've sent them. So when Peter meets them, he realizes what the vision was. And he realizes that what it is, it's not about food. It, 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 it is the same. It's like a parable. You know, it, parables are truths in real life and truths in, in, in the spiritual world. The um, Gentiles were considered unclean. So he goes with the people, and he goes to Cornelius' house, and he tells him, he said, you know what? I wouldn't even be able to walk in your house to talk to you because the Jews consider you unclean. But the Lord showed me, don't call anybody unclean if I've called them clean. He showed them that they were made clean through Jesus Christ. And so what that was was God gave something to Peter. Peter didn't even understand it at first, but then he got the knowledge of it. It was for him, and it helped him. It gave him knowledge. But then it was like, okay, now go share that knowledge with the rest of the world, to the Gentiles. And he, he told Cornelius who was there with his family and friends, and they were all baptized, and it was just a good scene. So God may show you something 
that you don't understand at the time, just like Peter, just like he did to Peter. And that's because it may not necessarily even be for you. God will show you things that are for other people. It may not, and even when it applies to other people, it may not be in the exact way that you received it. Right? We can't put God in a box. All right? So um, God may show you something that you already know. If that's the case, just hold on to that. You know, you may, you may absolutely know that God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And you say, and you read something that stands out to you. God will never leave you, forsake you. Don't just say, oh, I know that, Lord. Uh-uh. If the Lord shows you that comes to your heart, put it in your heart. Keep it there. You may walk up, come across somebody the next day who needs to hear that. And you bring that out and you tell them that. All right? God's voice can speak through your actions. I'm sure, uh-oh. I want this electronic thing here. Oh. My wife said, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the step here. We're good. I'm sure you've heard the saying, actions speak louder than words. Or James said it this way. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen. Well, in the 25th chapter of Matthew, Jesus tells several parables about the return of the Messiah and the judgment that it's to come. And, of course, to this day, these events have not taken place, so the warning about them resonates still. But we should look at these uh, for you and me as examples of how, of how we ought to live our lives now. So we're going to read this. We're going to read this real quick, but I just want you to uh, keep a few things in mind when we read this. Uh, I want you to, to take note of how God's love comes full circle, how the voice of God can speak through your actions, and how that second greatest commandment is equally important to the first. And this is what it says in Matthew 25. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the sheep as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones replied, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. In the act of loving others, God's voice speaks through you. When you follow the voice of the shepherd and act in love to others, you are actually showing love for God. And that's what Jesus said when he said the greatest command is love the Lord with everything you got, but the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How do, we, how do you show love for God? How can, you, how can you show love for God? How? Love the other people. That's how you do it, and that's showing love to him. So I'm going to close here, but in closing... I just want you to remember that as a Christian, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have a direct line with God. He can speak to you, and you do have ears to hear him. God's voice speaking to you is not complicated. It's not scary. Prophecy and word of knowledge and other gifts of the Spirit, they're all very real. But generally speaking, to be used of God in someone's life, you just need to be listening with the ears you already have and be willing to be used. I want to end with uh, something that just happened in my life. God's so good. He's like, I'm going to give you a little example how this whole thing works. Well, Friday, a very dear friend 
of mine gave me a text. And the text was basically this. She said that a long time ago, uh, the Lord gave me a verse. It was a time when I was struggling with something or wrestling with something maybe. And he gave me these verses and it spoke to my heart. And I know when I read these verses that God was speaking directly to me. She says, and these verses just came to my mind. And I thought about you. And I think this time it's for you. And I think that the Lord wants me to share it with you. Now, in full disclosure, she did know that I was going to be speaking coming up. Because right after Pastor Jose had asked me to, she came up to me and she knew I spoke before on, on Wednesday night for communion. She said, hey, are you going to be speaking anytime coming up? So I felt like if I say no, it's going to be like a lie. And I know she's not a blabbermouth. So I said, well, yeah, I am going to be speaking again coming up. So she didn't know something was coming up. So what she said to me was, I'm sure in her heart, was an encouragement for me. And it truly was. But she had no way of knowing. She did not know what I was speaking on. She had no way of knowing. And she didn't know how God was using her to give me the perfect ending and perfect conclusion to this message. So this is what, this is what the verses were. And it won't be up there because she just gave it to me and I just wrote it. It's Jeremiah 1, verses 6 through 9. It's a conversation between Jeremiah and the Lord. <clears throat> and it says, O sovereign Lord, this is Jeremiah speaking, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Yeah. Now, if you were like me quite a few years ago, I would look at this and I would have said, Yeah, but he's talking to Jeremiah. He's not talking to me. But let me tell you the thing. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah because the Holy Spirit was on him. That's it. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The same spirit. The same spirit that the Bible says raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us. You think that anything that Paul, that, that the Lord could do, I'm sorry, through Jeremiah, with the Spirit just upon him, how much more could he do and greater with the Spirit living in us? Now, like I said, I'm sure she had no idea. I know she had no idea what I was speaking on and how, how this was going to fit into what I was going to talk about. But the Bible says, now we know in part. To her, the Lord was telling her, you know what, share this with him. I want him to know this. And it was absolutely for me, it was absolutely right. But God will take that, and he'll go so much farther, because now we know in part, but he knows the whole, the whole situation. That Friday, when I, let, when I read that passage, those, those, those verses, as soon as I got done reading it, I said to the Lord, why didn't you tell me this when I was studying this? And he said, I just did. So you can hear from God. And if you're willing, God wants to use you to share his love with others. Never doubt those two things. Don't let yourself be caught waiting by the front door on this one. Wow. Let's stand as we close out. I want you to hear 
the word of the Lord. How many of you would agree with this statement, God speaks? One, one person? Oh, okay, I heard one person. Okay, two, two people. Can't get a third. Can't get a fourth. Can't get a fifth. All right, listen, God speaks. But I love the simplicity of this message because it's powerful because here's what it reminds us of. When God speaks many times, we go looking somewhere out there pie in the sky, and what you need to see is that God speaks through people, through you, through you. Some of you say, who, me? Yes, you. And the beauty of that is this, that God qualifies you. You don't qualify yourself. And there are people that God wants to reach, that God is speaking to. And Steve said it so eloquently. Are you willing? Because God has something to say through you. So I want to give you something to consider this week to do. Go ahead and dare to be God's vessel to speak into someone's life this week. Say, God, use me. And God, show me the opportunity. And watch God bring people all around you. There's a message of hope that needs to be heard and needs to be seen. And you carry it. Heavenly Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, you say, you. And some of us say, who, me? Well, Lord, today we respond, yes, Lord. Yes, me. Go ahead and say that to God if you believe that. Father, you hear your people and you hear the heart. Lord, you've anointed us. You've called us, Lord. You've equipped us and you've given us your word. And Lord, today, Lord, we say we're willing And, Lord, we thank you that we're capable because you've deemed us able. And so, Lord, grant us the opportunities. Show us the people to speak to. We thank you for your anointing that flows in us and through us. And now, Lord, it's very possible there's someone here today or maybe someone watching online And you've never thought about a God who's that person who loves you and chooses you and says, I don't just want to speak to you, but I want to speak through you. I don't just want to solve your issues. I want to bring healing to your household, and I choose you. And if you believe that today and you say, God, I need that and I desire that, then here's what you need to hear and know. It's the same message that God wants to speak through you. That God loves you independent of your mistakes, of your past, of your mess-ups, and your hang-ups. That God says, I love you so much that I paid the ultimate price for the sin of all mankind. Sin isn't the issue. The issue is you don't know what I've given you. And today, for the very first time, you're hearing that God loves you and paid the price for you. If you believe that to be good news and you say, I need that and I want that, I want to be used of God, then pray this prayer with us as we close out. Let's say this together with confidence and joining with all. Let's say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died and you rose again. I believe you paid the price for me because you love me. And so today I declare you my Lord my Savior, and my God. And I'm following you. I'm trusting you. And I'm, and I'm seeking after you all the days of my life.
Come on, if you prayed that, we're celebrating what God is doing in the lives of people. Don't leave here without telling somebody the decision you've made. We want to walk alongside you. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your servant. And we thank you that we're built up and encouraged, willing and able to speak as you use us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you again next Sunday. Don't forget to stop by and grab some cake. We're celebrating pastor appreciation. Thank you for being here.